1: everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only mr rob grimaldi
0: what's up man good morning what is going on with you
1: how are you today
0: everything is great monday morning we're fired up we're excited for a new week great weekend we're here
1: where are you in the world i don't even know where you are
0: i am in los angeles at the moment It is a beautiful day, very warm this weekend, but it's a a nice sunny morning for sure.
1: I assumed you were in LA, but I didn't want to make any assumptions. Understood. Well, you are having quite a moment with butter. Congratulations.
0: Thank Thank you.
1: I believe it has broken about every download, streaming, every record that you can possibly break. I think it was like the most viewed video in the first 24 hours and had like over 111 million views. So records are broken here, Rob. So congratulations on that.
0: Thank you. We are going
1: to talk about that in a minute. But first, before we get there, let's talk about you. So growing up, was it always music for you? Did you always know you wanted to do music?
0: It was. I think I was, I was always around it. And I'm so thankful for my parents. We talk about this all the time, just reminiscing as a family. They just always had music on in the house. So as far back as I can remember, I was always interested from everything, from big band stuff to Elton John and Billy Joel, the Beatles, Fleetwood Mac. They, they were so eclectic. And then as we got into like Pac and Biggie and rap, it was always on at the house too. So I think as I was growing up, there were so many different styles playing all the time that I just took immediate interest in all of it and just wanted to learn. And I think I started playing instruments when I was probably two or three. I read piano before I could read words. So I knew this was something I wanted to do. I just don't think I knew in what capacity until I was a bit older, but it was always a passion
1: did you have a favorite growing up? Like, yes, that is eclectic when you're listening to like Biggie and like Big Band and like Elton John and Billy Joel or all the others you just mentioned. But did you have Mm -hmm. a favorite?
0: No, and I think that's the best part. I think for me, it, it was always, it kept things interesting when something new came on. So even just learning drums very early on, I was always playing drums to the big band stuff, but then just listening to everything else. And I think having having such a wide array of music really didn't limit me or put me in a box as I started creating as well, because I wanted to infuse all of that into what I was doing today. So it's cool.
1: Well, this is such a hard business to break into. Like, how did you get your start? Like, how'd you get started? How are you discovered? How'd you break into the business?
0: Yeah, it, it it is incredibly difficult. And I think it's something that I'm asked a lot today. And even giving advice to people who were in my shoes 10 years ago, it was it was 10 years of work. And I think getting my start, I didn't have any family in the music business. I knew no one. I went to Ithaca College thinking I wanted to be Hans Zimmer because I was a huge composition fan. So I was in college writing film scores. And a manager came in who was managing at the time this 13-year-old rapper from upstate New York and was like, hey, we'd love a producer for him. Have you ever worked with an artist? And at that point, I think I was 16 or 17. I had never written with an artist before. I'd always written on my own. And I remember after our first session, I knew I wanted to be a producer. I knew right away. It was like the aha moment for me.
1: Wow. So you worked, it was just, it was around 10 years of just hard work before you actually kind of quote-unquote made it so to speak
0: yeah I I think my first my first number one was 2018 with Queen Naja who I found in Manhattan randomly it was just a a vocal recording session that turned into a really prosperous relationship for both of us of helping her become an artist from a YouTube sensation into the artist world with Capitol Records so by that point I just I had a studio in Manhattan for probably eight years and I was developing my own acts and writing that was my first big commercial success and I think that was three years ago now and it's really springboarded since in a cool way
1: wow was that the first moment of like okay I can do this I mean like or did you have like I'm did you have or were you always like okay it's it's gonna work or did you have like all those doubts along the way of you know which are understandable because this is such a hard business
0: Right. I think it's always about balance. There there was never a plan B for me because I knew this was my passion. It was something I knew I wanted to do. But as an adult in your 20s, you were always thinking about how do I survive doing this? And I think that's where hustle comes in, especially being from the East Coast. It's teaching high school or owning a DJ company or a lot of my friends did a lot of other things. And we had to do that to be able to afford studio time in Manhattan. But That was the moment I I always was confident in my ability, but I think seeing Queen go number one as my first real label record was like, okay, this is the start of something. I have to keep pushing.
1: Did you, I know that people have a misconception of this business that like you have a number one and you're as rich as Beyonce overnight. (laughs) Like we all know that that is not how it works but did you at least have like some moment of like celebration or splurge or something of like, okay, you know, lots more hard work to do, but like, let's do this to celebrate this.
0: I always have a tradition and it continues through this day of 24 hours of celebration and then back to work. It's just who I am. It's who I've always been. So when a new song comes out, I'll take a shot or grab a drink with friends and, and spend some time celebrating that because I think, this is a very, very demanding business that has a lot of no's most of the time. So you really do for your mental health and for your health in general, need to celebrate every victory that you get because they don't come often. So I think we, we put a little tradition in of with every release and everything we're proud of, to take some time to celebrate that. But then the next day it, it didn't happen. I'm already on to the next thing and that's the only way to keep surviving.
1: I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, I don't even know if i do it for 24 hours. I'm like, okay, that was was great. (laughs) I mean, I would like to do it for several weeks, but then I'm just like, okay, but now, you know, it's just, you're just as good as your last thing that you did.
0: Exactly. And you're like, okay,
1: we actually have to do work now. Mm -hmm. You recently said that the biggest part of your job is to make the artists feel comfortable. So tell me about what you mean by that and like your process
0: I think the relationship you build with the creative is incredible. I I think it really, it matters most. And we, as producers, there's a lot of attention put on programming or making tracks or all of the stuff that really ends up making the record. But a lot of the things that aren't talked about are interpersonal relationships and how you're building with another human being and gaining their trust to be able to, find a moment in time in their life that's going to tell the best story. So I think a lot of my work is getting to know someone and making them feel like they're at their safest place in the room with me, because some of the darkest secrets are the most powerful stories. And in order to be able to share that, myself included with someone, I need to know that I'm in a safe place and that we can really dig and, and find out what's on your mind. And I think if you do develop that trust with an artist, it's incredibly powerful because then you're both on the same page of, hey, I'm here for your best interest. And although we're working on this together, it is a story that I'm trying to find in you to build.
1: That makes a lot of sense. What do you think is the biggest misconception
0: about this business? I mean, well, we've talked about I a I few. I think there's but a bunch. <laughs> yeah.
1: There are whatever what are a few.
0: There's a bunch, obviously, on the financial side, which you've kind of touched on before. And I think the other is the song process. I really, I really do, and I get into this a lot of, there's track-making producers, and then there's producers who kind of do the full scope. And I think when people hear a record on the radio, they come back to me and say, oh, this sounds amazing, like blah, 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 but you don't know the story of how it got there whether it be hey this was written six years ago and we changed it 30 times or the artist had a stomach virus that day and we had to do the vocal on zoom there's so many stories that aren't told and I think that's what makes the business fascinating because as a listener I've kind of told some of my non-music friends about how this actually works and it's crazy to watch their perception change of I'm hearing this on the radio, but I had no idea that went down. Like, that's crazy. So I I really appreciate that side of the world. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: It's Like a lot of hard work. So let's talk about BTS. How did Butter come about?
0: Butter was an experience I'll never forget. It was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I always say it's the perfect storm of having the perfect record for the perfect group at the perfect time. It's one of those things that It's a rarity, but it's something you work your whole life for to have an opportunity like that. And that's why you stay prepared. But I think it was it was a song that we had written a bit ago in Nashville first that was immediately electric to me. I knew there was something special with it. It, As producers, we always have that hot songs folder on our laptop that sometimes you just can't look away. It's going to go. We just don't know with who or when. But the song was was brilliant and we i have to give everyone that worked on it so much credit because we really went in and tailored this thing to be a bts record and we wrote it for them so i think what started as a really dope idea turned into a bts record we worked on it for three months overnight it was nonstop getting this thing ready for them
1: when you originally came up with it in Nashville, though, was it supposed to be like country or go in a different direction? Or
0: It was a pop record from the jump, but I think especially when you're working with, I think BTS are incredible. I think they're mega superstars, super charismatic, talented, and I think when you want to write a song for them, there's obviously so much competition because of their stature. We wanted to make sure it was a record that made each member shine and have their moment. Because I think that's so important with groups of, you don't want anyone to get overlooked. And when their fans are so crazy about them, that they know everything about each of them. When we were strategizing how to make this thing work, it was like, okay, we need to make them a summer smash that they can move to, and that would work with radio. But I also wanted to make sure each member could, could have their time. And I think that we achieved that really well.
1: Were you complete, I mean, this might be a dumb question, but like, I mean, I know you have heard of BTS, but like, were you really familiar with them before this song and like all the members and like really what they were all about? Or, I mean, you don't have to be, or was that like a learning process?
0: No, I I was familiar. I was a big fan of Dynamite. And I think Dynamite obviously was their first US impact record. And as we were writing for them on this one, I dug in and did a ton of research of, Who are each of them? What do they do well? What are their strengths? And I think we had to curate this record to bring all of that out. For example, the rap sections and the big hooks and the harmonies, all of that was strategically done so that when you hear this fully, you can watch the comments on YouTube of saying, oh, I love this part. He doesn't usually get that opportunity. And that made me so happy because that was the goal.
1: How was this made during COVID? Like, were you in the studio with them or was it all over Zoom and sending tracks? It,
0: it was all on Zoom. And even the writing process on our side was, it's, it was super cool because as you know, as writer producers, we work most of the time. There's not much time off. So we would go ahead and go about our day. I was actually in New Jersey at the time because of COVID with my family. And we would go about our day and do sessions during the day. And then we would eat dinner and take a nap and start in the evening working on butter because Korea is time difference. So mm. we actually did, we did everything on Zoom from the rewrites to giving vocal notes back and forth. It was really unique experience, but something that will literally last forever. It's part of me now.
1: So you like were with your family or working during the day and then you would take a nap to be on like Korea time and basically be up all night.
0: Yeah, we would do Zoom sessions. I mean, I would do Zoom sessions on our normal calendar during the day and either be writing in Nashville or London or L.A. on Zoom and then just take a break knowing that at 10 p.m. we were starting Butter to work through the night and then wake up the next day and do it again for two months.
1: That's so funny. How is BTS to work with?
0: They were were awesome, I think especially with the COVID situation, we weren't able to be in the room with them, obviously, but the professionals and they and their team showed was top-notch of knowing what had to get done, executing perfectly, and just really being open. I mean, this is is a song that they, they jumped in on excited and were excited about, but they performed it so well that it felt incredibly authentic, and I think that was important.
1: And the whole timeline of like working with them from start to finish was what you said like a few months. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Listen, life is full of stress. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Life is stressful. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss. But if your stress level is high, like mine, your temper is shorter than usual like mine, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Unload the stress and get it out. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's a much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. Try it out. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp And Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Velvet Rope. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Velvet Rope. BetterHelp.com slash Velvet Rope.
0: Yes, I think... I think we we kind of reopened the record and and started the process in maybe February and then it came out in May and it was pretty pretty involved until the very end.
1: Any funny stories about working with them?
0: No, I th- I think the the funniest story was just how it happened of the time difference and covid and co- like, I would never COVID is the worst thing to happen and I've had so many family and friends affected by it and it was miserable and I don't wish it on anyone. So the fact that this got done during that disaster is mind blowing that we were able to get everyone together and really make a great song. It makes me so happy and proud because it's not easy.
1: How collaborative are they? Like, are they the type that, you know, like it's your song, you wrote it. Like, are they the type that just takes it and says, okay, teach us or are they like, okay, wait a second, this part here, we don't know about this and let's just, you know, is it a collaborative process or are they like, let's just go with this?
0: Very collaborative in the best way. I think it's so important for both us and them to stay on brand for them. And I think that comes down to either what you're saying or who's singing what and what sections feel right and what doesn't. They were really, really, involved on collaboration and notes and I think that's what makes a great song because if it was just hey yes 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 I don't know if we would have achieved something that felt so them and then that's cool
1: I mean tell us about listen we have like Beyonce and we have Madonna and we have Lady God we have like superstars in the world and mm-hmm. then I mean, I have been in New York one day. I will never forget. I was walking because I live in New York City. I was walking to the East Village. I was meeting friends and I've never I was like, what the hell is going on here? There were police everywhere. And that was my first interest. I mean, I was like, I never even heard of BTS at this point. And -hmm. the police were like, it's some band BTS. And I was like, "But what? Like, is Madonna inside? Like, is Beyonce in there? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Then I learned because then I was caught up with the rest of the world. But like, Tell us about like the massive like K-pop and BTS. Like it's just, it's another level.
0: Absolutely. The the fans are so dedicated. And I think that's as an artist, that's what you dream of is to have supporters like that, that really live for that and live for the music. And I think even as creators, we spoke about it often. There was an even more intense sense of responsibility on our side, more so than usual. And I, we always feel responsible, right? It's, Everything we're creating, we're putting our names on, and there's value to that, and there's reputation to that. But even in this case, more so to know how involved and how active the fans are, you want to put out the best song of all time. Like that's what you're shooting to do is just make the best product you can because of how much hype was around it, because of how much hype was around the group. You wanted to deliver, and I think that was there was a sense of pressure there in the best way that got us up overnight every night for three months and said hey this is this is gonna be it it's gonna be worth it hey it's Kaylee Quoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to
1: 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price,
1: price line. What's like the strangest or like thing that you've seen like a BTS army member do? And does that extend to you? Like, do they then you know come after you and say great job? Or I mean if you make one little mistake, they will come and attack you. Like, has that extended to you? And like, what's the craziest thing you've seen done by a BTS army
0: member? they've been over the moon supportive and I think that also comes from a real appreciation of the music and the group but my interactions and there's been many either in dms or online or on twitter it it was a lot especially when the song first came out of just kind words there's never been a moment of of angst or anything but positivity and I think just as humanity, if they can build that positivity around the group, there's so much value to that as well of spreading love through music. And I I think that for them, there's such a global presence that there's, you look at like who's the, who's listening map to butter and it's the entire world. And that's the coolest. It's such a cool feeling.
1: Have you on that note, have you heard from anyone you know, that you're like, oh my God, you're a BTS fan. You know, like you're just shocked that they're a BTS fan.
0: Yeah, a a lot of friends that I totally did not expect hit me, actually dudes too. And they would hit me and be like, yo, when did you do this? Like, I've liked this group for a minute. And I'm like, bro, like, I never would have expected you to like them. But that's incredible. And it makes me so happy. So I think between friends and then getting the random messages from either, you know, Turkey or... Uh, just other countries around the world. Those are really meaningful too, because to have an impact on them um, through a two minute and 49 second song is sick.
1: What about like their work ethic? I mean, you hear so many horror stories about so many collaborations where, you know, the writers and producers are so on board and then Mm -hmm. the artist is just, you know, late doesn't show up. Like how is their work ethic?
0: Their work ethic is insane. Uh, It is over-the-moon professional to to the level where everything around the record was so well done from BTS to the marketing team to the additional content. They did a dance, a choreo video. They did teaser. They, they were so on it. And I think that was the other thing that made us so happy. The intention around the song and the attention around the song to, to detail. They really are a well-oiled machine and people should take notes because I think that the work that they're putting into songs really helps catapult them.
1: Do you have any more plans to write any more BTS songs?
0: Absolutely. I'm already working. I'm already working. I mean, I, it's, it's something where you always keep it in the back of your mind, right? When you do one like this, whether it be with BTS or another U.S. artist, when you get one, you always in the back of your head are saying, okay, I know exactly what they need. So I'll keep brainstorming.
1: Are you in the midst of something now?
0: I'm always working. I'm always working on ideas. And I think this, particularly with them, was very, very telling of how to make something work for them. So I'm definitely interested in working more with them. I'm definitely creating at the moment in hopes to do something more with them in the future. So it should be fun.
1: Well, they are unarguably the biggest boy bands kind of to ever exist in the world (laughs) ever. So let's take them out of the mix for a second. Like, who would be your other favorite boy band between, you know, we have 98 Degrees, Boys to Men, Sync. We have a lot of options here.
0: I always think, I always think because I was, I was a New Jersey New Yorker for my whole life as well. And I I remember vividly the Backstreet Boys and Sync craze. And I think that that was huge. And I remember there was always that argument of who was better. I I know you had it a million times as well. And this is the closest I've felt to that, of just the electricity around a group. And I think that that is really neat to see that coming back into the landscape of the industry of having that, that hype around a group again. It's cool.
1: It is cool. Well, they are nominated for four VMAs for Butter and one for Dynamite on a scale from one to ten. If all four nominations for Butter go nowhere and they just win for Dynamite, are you going to be disappointed?
0: Not in the slightest, not in the slightest. I think the song has done amazing things for them, for us, for everyone involved, and it's all gratitude at this point, because I think you can either look, you can look at the numbers and performance. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about the journey and the process. And I think being able to get that one across the finish line and, and be released into the world is a win in itself. And I'm grateful for that.
1: And what about looking ahead to the Grammys? I mean, they made history last year by being like the first Korean group to be nominated for a grammy they lost but they even have said well we're looking to butter to be our entry into a grammy win next year so is that a lot of pressure or is that just like an amazing thing
0: no it's it's incredible and i think that if we were an aid to getting them what they want here in the states i think that's an amazing feeling and i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with that i think the VMAs and, and Grammys and all of the records they're breaking just really is a reflection of their work ethic and the musicality and also of the, of the song. So it, it makes all of us look good.
1: It's like literally the song of the summer. It's, it's, it's a catchy song, it's great. Like, I, like I, it's, No matter what age group you are, it's just a song that works. How hard is it to write a song that is a global hit like Butter for whoever? I mean, how hard is that?
0: It's tricky. And I think there are so many factors to it outside of music. But if we're talking specifically the music, it's I think what what we wanted to achieve here was something that had hook after hook and in the production was so constant and nonstop. We really focused on the drums never left the song. It was two minutes and, and 50 seconds of action. And from the, the very beginning, when you turn it on, you're moving. And that, that was also intentional, too, because they're incredible dancers. So we, we, wanted, we wanted to create something that was the song of the summer. That was the goal. Catchy, up-tempo. And I needed there to be hooks in the music and the vocal. And I think when you have a, a chorus melody that's so iconic, like this was a huge chorus. I mean, it was one of those one-listen's wow moments for us. And yeah. I think the track had to support that. There was a lot of influences from MJ to Queen to Bruno. We, we wanted it to be fresh and, but still very different. And I think um, even just in starting the song with nothing but drums was different. Those are twists that you don't usually see.
1: So when you say MJ, the Queen, and Bruno, who's the Queen?
0: Oh, two Queens. Sorry, oh, queen, the group. I was
1: like, I was like, we we can debate who the Queen is all day.
0: I wouldn't do that with you today. <laughs>
1: I mean, I was, you know, it's Madonna for me, but a lot of people would argue. Beyonce, Gaga, we have lots of other options there. Do you think BTS would ever, do you think you foresee like an all English album in their future?
0: I'm not sure. I I would hope so just because I think that they've really, they have such a great audience here. And I know obviously it's a global group and it's a global fandom, but they really do have a very passionate fan group here and i think that if they did an all english album a i'd love to be part of that of course but b i think it would do really well because they 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 have a moment right now to just make great music
1: who's your favorite bts member
0: uh, i actually i know this is like a political answer but it's the truth i i love all of them because they're so different i i think that's what makes the dynamic so interesting Because even in vocal character, to ability, to their strengths, they all bring something different to the table. And I think that's what goes into a great group. It was the same thing with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. All of them did their thing in a different way.
1: They did. Talk to me about working with Blackpink.
0: Blackpink was was another top-notch experience. I think that was a song we did in L.A., it was one, I, I know there was a million song submissions for that album. It's extremely competitive. That was one of a song where we left the studio the day of writing the song and said someone is taking that song. It was it was an immediate record for us. Again, another tempo record, which I've I've kind of been in my bag on recently of just I made a pact myself this year of okay, I'll keep the ballads under 10 for the year and everything else has to be up tempo because I knew we were coming out of COVID. And people would kind of want to feel good. Um, so Blackpink was awesome. Same same sort of vibe. Obviously, a female, female group, really talented, and a lot of swagger and energy. And that's what we want to do with that song.
1: I talk to so many people on this show that when I run into someone or have them back on the show and they remember my name, I'm always blown away. It's the little details. And when it comes to Sheets, the only place I turn is Bowl & Branch. Why? Because they pay attention to the little details. Bowl & Branch was formed by a husband and wife team that set out to give sleepers more choices for high-quality sheets at a fair price. And boy, did they ever accomplish that. What I love is the variety of colors. I chose the pewter, mainly because it goes best with my apartment. The sheets are so elegant. They look and feel so suff- sophisticated, but the price is so reasonable. That's why I chose them. They're hundred percent organic cotton. They are made toxin free. And what I love is they get softer with every wash sheets that look high end sophisticated and elegant, but are affordable. Sign me up. And that is why I did sign up. These are the only sheets I will now use. And you guys need to check this out. So listen, you can try them worry free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns to experience the best sheets you've ever felt, choose Bolin Branch. And because you're listening to this podcast, you get an exclusive 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code VELVET at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L and B-R-A-N-C-H.com promo code VELVET. Is that how the process is like if you write a great song like does it? I mean it sounds like butter was for BTS but then the alternative is what you take like a song and you just submit it over and over if it gets rejected then Tull, an artist ideally picks it up
0: yeah I think it's I think it's also strategy of knowing you have to have a and r ears even as a as a producer songwriter and i I do a lot of a and r consulting for artists and labels as well, and I think it's about knowing and having knowledge of who's in the marketplace and then thinking to yourself, okay, who can this work for creatively? And don't think about it from a business perspective. Think about it of who would sing this with the energy that we're looking for to catapult the record. And Blackpink was the same thing. They came in and wrote on it. There was a rap section. It was, it was a very, it was a very cool process. And that, that was also via internet obviously because of everything that was happening.
1: COVID. What about working with Noah Cyrus?
0: She's great. She's brilliant, a brilliant talent. It was it was actually a song that I had heard through Barry Weiss, who is her label. And Barry had called me and said, Hey, I was doing a lot of production for her. I did the the radio version of July, the radio remix for that for Barry. And they had called me in on sadness as well. And she just emotes emotion it's it's wild how she's able to tell her story in a way that you're immediately engaged and i think from a production standpoint i remember on sadness it was how do i capture this and make it move without ever taking it away from where it was supposed to live and that's always a challenge in the best way
1: yeah she she emotes emotion i i would totally agree with that did you ever meet miley
0: no i've never met miley i'm doing some work for miley at the moment just on some song stuff but what a talented family (laughs) i'll leave it there crazy
1: miley's last album was just i mean they're all great but the last one Mm -hmm. i thought was just like i feel like miley reinvents herself every time it's like a different sound every time absolutely what about tim mcgraw i mean he's an icon
0: yeah the the tim jimmy allen record was one that was very very special to me the message of that song is something i think we all need it was a very personal record to jimmy i wrote it with jimmy and one of my favorite writers out here riley beater and we wrote it here in la and jimmy and i have a great relationship we've worked a lot together in the past we're homies like we're very close and i remember when we left the studio that day I I actually, I came in with that concept because I know Jimmy's journey really well. And I knew that would resonate with him. And when we left the studio that day and recorded it, Jimmy hit me and was like, hey, I'm going to get Tim McGraw on this. And you don't think about it, right? You just say, all right, Jimmy, cool. No doubt. Like, I'll see you next week. And in two weeks, he sent me back the song with him and Tim on it. And Tim's an icon. Jimmy's an up-and-coming superstar. It It was a really... It was a timeless song for me. It was one of those real music pieces that will live forever.
1: Yeah, I think so. Do you get, you know, like you say, Tim McGraw, Miley, like, do you get starstruck? I mean, you're out there in LA, you're working with all these people. Like, are you the type that gets starstruck?
0: Not at all. And I, I think it's, there's obviously an admiration, right? There's that piece of respect and love. And I grew up on you. And that means I'll always cherish that. But I think from a business perspective, when you work long enough to do this every day, it becomes so second nature. You say to yourself, okay, this is a brilliant opportunity and I want to bring my best work here to prove that I belong in that conversation in a different way. So I don't, I don't get starstruck much.
1: Do you get starstruck like outside the music business, like actors or whoever? Like if you met Not- someone...
0: I'm, I'm pretty chill. Uh, sports are my thing besides music. So obviously I was being a New Yorker. I'm a monster Yankees Giants fan. So seeing, you know, Jeter and A-Rod and just I came up on the Yankees. So like that was probably the closest I was to Starstruck and meeting those guys. But it wasn't where I felt uncomfortable. It was just to the fact of I've spent so much time with these dudes on television that it's cool to be in person with them. So it's more that.
1: And it's like you said, it's more like an admiration of like, look what you've accomplished. Like you're just so good at your job.
0: It's inspiring. It's it's. It, I think that piece is so inspiring, even from an executive level in our business or outside of this business to see someone else win makes me go home and want it even more because I know it's possible. And I have so much respect for that grind because of how I grew up on the East Coast.
1: Yeah, and like, I don't think anyone really gets to the top of their field without really working hard. It's just a no. misconception.
0: Mm-hmm, Absolutely. It just
1: seems that way because you didn't know of this person two weeks ago, but it's not that simple. Do you want to work? Like, who do you want to work with? Like, if you could pick a list of people to work with, like, who's on the top of your list?
0: I've been asked that a lot. And I think I'm one of those chameleons that loves to work in multiple genres. So t- Tim obviously was a big one because he's country royalty. He's been doing it forever. Bruno is is a huge bucket list artist for me, strictly because of I love the music. Um, I've always been a real music fan, real music fan of just instrumentation and groove. And I think he captures that tremendously. I love Justin Timberlake. Kind of all that stuff that really moves. Um, Adele is another one where I just think I would be a great asset from a musicality standpoint. But I, I'm, I'm so excited about the future because I, I'm so open. Even my publisher or my management will say, you know, who do you want to work with? It's like, I want to make great music. And whatever artist really wants to do that is who I want to be in the room with.
1: So many people I ask that question to say, Bruno, or just like, who do you think's like, you know, I interview a lot of like people from the 80s and 70s. They're sure. Like, who do you think is like the real deal today? Everyone says Bruno. That's like one of the top answers. Mm-hmm. I think Justin, though, like the 2020 experience, like it was like not even normal. You're like, this isn't Correct. even Like, this is like a five million hour album that just goes on and everything is so good. I mean, at first I was like, what is this? And then you listen to it like (laughs) the third time and you're like, this is freaking brilliant. I don't even understand how this whole thing was made. It's crazy.
0: Exactly, I agree.
1: Justin's a good one, I think too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How do you think the music business has changed? Like, you know, from you growing up and wanting to get into it in Ithaca to like now?
0: I think- It's changed in so many ways. There's obviously a shift in artist development, for sure, where maybe five or definitely 10 years ago, it was about the voice and about building a brand. And I think there was more attention put into taking something from zero with incredible talent and building it. I think with social media and streaming, and especially now without touring with COVID, there's an attention put on immediacy and i think th- that's a good and a bad thing right the good part of it is that people have access everywhere to music which gives artists that might not have that chance an opportunity to be successful and grow and learn and be superstars but i think it also i really do miss the days of developing an artist that i knew was a superstar and, it, and she, he or she might not have had the instagram following that a president of a label would now need to sign them but it would be worth it because the music touched you. And I think that a lot of that is missing today, but it it is coming back there. I'm seeing signs of that. And I think if you can combine that old school A&R mentality with the new school technology and social media landscape, it's really a perfect storm because you'll be able to find some incredible acts that way and give them the chance.
1: And you do think like that old school A&R is still there. Like it's not lost. It's not just, you know, someone could come along and say, I have 200 Instagram followers, but here I am.
0: I think, you have to, I think you have to push that. And I think you have to be realistic and know what's working and what's not in the business. But to lose sight of talent due to not having the platform is something that I have a hard time going to sleep at night because... I know in my experience, too, as, as a human being, I, I might not have been given a chance if I wasn't found or was in the right situation. So I, I feel that with artists, too, who might not have an audience yet, but are crazy, crazy good. I don't want to ever sleep on them, even though I know it's a longer process.
1: I mean, we did it like that for many years and it worked. I know. What about like the talent shows? Like if you go to like American Idol and The Voice, you know, I mean, I can name Kelly Clarkson and I can name Carrie Underwood because of what I do. I do know some others. I'm friends with some of the American Idol people that were on Mm -hmm. it, but I couldn't name you a winner from the last or anyone that was on it for the last five to seven years. I mean, like, do you think shows like that still work?
0: I think they work. I think like anything else, there's, there's hype when things first start. When things are new and shiny, there's attention, there's buzz. And I think because the shows have lasted so long, and I credit the shows for that, by the way, they've done an unbelievable job of retaining audience and finding superstars, and they've proven that in the past. So I think the difference you're seeing now with not being able to identify is probably based on oversaturation with there being more than one American Idol, the voice there's a million shows out there now and they're all very i watch them because they're very valuable to me in finding and securing new talent but i think that there was obviously so much more hype when it first started because i remember those first three or four seasons like you just talked about we were locked i was so intrigued by that when it first was a thing so i think a lot of the the newer seasons are still doing the same thing but we're used to it now so there's not much of like Oh, okay. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Like 30 million people watch those early seasons. And I mean, you literally would gasp when someone went home, like fifth, that should have been in the top two. Like you couldn't believe it. And you would talk about, it It really was the thing.
0: I know it. I'm with you.
1: So, but you actually watch those now and say like, Oh, there's someone that could, you know, they, cause listen, you look at like a Jennifer Hudson, like a Daughtry, like there's lots of Mm -hmm. people who didn't win that are doing great.
0: I like to check in. I like to check in and just keep my hand on the pulse of everything. And whether it be an intern doing it for me and giving me a heads up or even just family who watch it because they know it's useful to me. It's nice having a team around you so you don't have to do everything sometimes.
1: Tell me about it. Have you, what's been one of your like greatest celebrity encounters in the sense of like, you know, you thought the person might be, you know, you hear rumors about someone and then you meet them and you're like, God, they were so nice. Like even like baseball or somewhere where you just, you know, you didn't think you thought maybe they'd be standoffish and it was like such a great celebrity experience.
0: Actually, rounding rounding back, I met Bruno like one or two weeks ago just at the studio. And just a, a really dope dude. Like exactly what you'd expect from kind of like seeing how cool he is on camera and in his records. Great guy. Like I, I had a really nice experience with him of just saying what's up and just chatting for a couple minutes. So That one's high on my mind.
1: I think Bruno's one of like the closest things to like a modern day Prince. I mean, I don't think anyone could ever be Prince. Let me just make that statement. But that's just Mm -hmm. Bruno does. I mean, he's the real deal. Like as far as. absolutely. What about have you ever had like a really bad celebrity experience where, you know, someone just had such an attitude and you're like, you don't know who I am. I mean, you know, I just wrote one of the biggest songs in the world right now. So just because I'm not on the record and you don't see my face.
0: No, I've, I've never, I've never had that, and it, it's something, it's something I, I hope to never experience. And I, I know I will, but I have so much admiration for for these cats who are just out here winning. I, I hope every time I do meet someone, it's it's positive because I I would of course then have to look differently at them, and I don't want to do that. It's like one of those things you never want to meet your idols.
1: <laughs> totally. I mean, that is the key to the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Well, I hope you never have that experience either. Me too, man. Is there, I mean, it's, I I know you're open to any type of music. You know, you've grown up with like a diverse group and like you want to just make a music, but is there one genre that you're kind of like next, you know, like you said, you wanted to stay away from the ballads this year because Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's COVID and we need something up tempo. Like, do you have your sights on like, okay, I did a little country. I did a little K-pop. I did a little rap. Anything like, I kind of want to tackle that next
0: no it's it's about being open for me i really i really believe that i'm doing a bunch of k-pop i'm doing a bunch of country and obviously like the pop pop urban stuff is is my bag so i'm i am thrilled to not have to be constrained i really relish it and appreciate it
1: who just are you a fan of in current music? Like what music do you, it doesn't mean, you know, you'll, you'll work with everyone. You love everyone, but like, what do you mm. listen to when you're just like at the gym or driving? I mean, you're in LA, yeah. so you drive.
0: That's right. I listen I listen to as much as possible from music to from top 40 radio to jazz. If I'm stressed, I love a jazz moment to clear my head to sports radio. I really do like to mix it up. And I, Majorly appreciate silence as well, of going on a walk and listening to nature. I think clearing your head and, and having balance is so important to be able to then go back and create. So I, I definitely try all of that.
1: Silence is good. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is next for you?
0: Got a bunch of stuff coming out that I'm pumped about. From I've really been keen on developing my own acts, as you and I kind of talked about of the New York scene. So I, I just, I'm managing an artist that I just signed to Republic, Asia Nairi who's amazing. Um, I have Nikki DeMar, who's a YouTuber, who's now entering the artist world, who you probably know from socials. Yeah. Um, Nikki is, we have an EP coming out. I just executive produced her project coming out this week. I'm working on JoJo's record right now, which as a New Yorker, we were JoJo fanatics back in the day. I know I was anyway. And yeah. Joe's Joe is such a special human being who is the talent is just unstoppable. So I'm working with her. And then obviously some of the, the major like label acts too, which I won't share with you yet, but we'll have some stuff out soon.
1: You'll have to come back when all that comes out. I would love to. Is there anything else you want to share before we go? I have my own agenda, but I always want to give someone a chance at the end. Anything else you want to discuss?
0: No, I'm I'm so thankful for our hang today. And it was so nice meeting and speaking to you. And I'm always happy to jump on anytime. Seriously.
1: Thank you. Congratulations on all your success and breaking all these records and having the song of the summer. And I can't wait to chat with you again.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that.
1: Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye. All right. Hi! Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope.